Hello and welcome to the last episode of the Making Your Reminder podcast with me Josie and me Susan. This is the podcast all about the ins and outs of the Eurovision Song Contest and we have finally and very sadly come to an end of 2023. And boy do we have a winner again. So let's take it all back to when we first spoke to Lorene at the London Eurovision party and she told us what the competition means to her. It's so much bigger than it was 2012. Isn't that interesting? So the reason why I'm doing this is because I see myself as a um, servant of creativity. This came to me. This was an opportunity because my great grandmother, she, she taught me all this. But uh, <laughs> And I'm using this opportunity to create something that hopefully makes you guys feel all these positive vibrations, you know, spark your creativity. So when you go out in life, you'll be like, you know what? I'm alive and I feel happy, you know? It's really hard to be negative in that space. A message all of us can agree with, to be honest. Exactly, and now she's our 2023 winner. So let's hear what she had to say last night. I feel proud over you guys because the performance have, it has certain values, you know? We come with certain values. It's the na- it's nature, it's, it's a constructive performance. It's about hope, it's about self-love, it's about strength, and you know? And these are things that I believe in, and. I guess when it resonates with people, I guess it's things that you guys believe in. And so I'm very proud over all of us. I think the key ingredients to any success is being authentic. And to be authentic, you need to listen to yourself. You need to know yourself. And for you to know yourself, um, you should take a step back. And um, don't ask people for advice. <laughs> Creativity is spirituality, if you ask me. We create something out of nothing. That's pretty magical, isn't it? The thing is, when, when as a singer or whatever, as a creator, when you're in that moment, you don't really think, now do you? Where does it come from? It's magical, darling. <laughs> so for me, creativity is spirituality. Where I'm from, it, 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 it does things to us, you know. It's like a powerful tool. It can create movements. Look at John Lennon. Imagine all the people in the midst of a war, right? But it changed people. Art is our way of expressing, and it's very spiritual because, you know, it makes us feel. So use it constructively, and collectively we can do some good constructive changes. So that was Lorraine last night at the press conference, just after winning 2023 Eurovision title. I'll be honest. She did an outstanding performance. It was unbelievable. I've never heard of such a deserved winner in my life. It was extremely close as well because I was like, is she going to win? Is she not? Well, there was definitely a moment where you kind of thought, oh, she's not going to win this. This actually isn't in the bag. Well, she won the Geordie votes, didn't she? She did. And for so long, she was hundreds of points ahead of everyone. And then, of course... The public voting comes in. And as we know, <laughs> the public voting can change literally everything. Mm-hmm. You saw people shooting up the board and obviously it was your first time experiencing it. And you were gasping. <laughs> I was I was in shock. I was stood there like, oh my God. Yeah, we were watching people literally jump from the bottom of the scoreboard up to fifth place for periods of time. And it's yeah. absolutely insane. Credit where to stew because she did deserve that title. I mean, she did win the Geordie vote, but she didn't win the tally vote no that tally vote went extremely extremely hard for finland and you could actually feel it in the crowd in the arena you could hear people chanting throughout the voting results like cha 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 and hannah and graham were a bit like okay stop (laughs) (laughs) trying to do the rest of the show here (laughs) but yeah it just shows that i think it's kind of why i like 
the big 2016 change also it adds to the drama obviously which we yeah. love the drama but it just adds this kind of layer of okay well the jury the jury loved you and you know professionally you're the best song but that doesn't always mean that the public loves you that hard and seeing like splitting up that combined votes so that we can see the difference between public and jury votes it's it's amazing to see and it's so interesting to see who wins each side yeah you can almost argue is it unfair on Finland to not have won if the public loved them so much but as I was saying Lorene has got the most beautiful voice ever and there's a story there there is quite a nice I don't know story arc of her being the first woman to win twice yeah and being the second person ever to win twice mm-hmm. and matching Johnny Logan's title you also have her matching helping Sweden match Ireland's highest wins there's just such a story arc there and obviously it's next year is going to be in Stockholm or wherever they decide to have it and 50th year anniversary of Abbott as well exactly and that (laughs) is what's causing people to be a little bit sus the whole thing there's all this happens all the time after finals that someone tries to go oh well it's rigged because of this 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 it's a conspiracy theory yeah and it's just like I I get that in a sense but at the same time if I was sat in the head office of SVT thinking oh god it'd be really good if we hosted for Abba's 50th anniversary, wouldn't it? Hmm. Let's send Lorene. <laughs> it's time to get Lorene. <laughs> well, that's the thing, isn't it? Because I did see a lot of controversy on Twitter and people were saying, is it fair for someone to represent their country twice? But it's actually very rare for somebody, because there's been 17 winners in the past that have entered Eurovision again. Yeah. But only Johnny Logan and Lorene have actually won twice. Exactly. It's not like having a monopoly over the competition. People aren't just getting lazy and going, oh, well, she won, so yeah. send her again. And when people do do that, and then that person ends up not winning, there's kind of a layer, of, I don't want to say embarrassment, but there's kind of a layer of like, ooh, you could have just lived your whole life being a Eurovision winner. <laughs> now you're a Eurovision winner and not a Eurovision winner at the same time. And a Eurovision loser. <laughs> yeah, it's not ideal. So it's it's a risk to take, but I think they obviously had the right song and they'll always have the right performer in her. Well, I do also think that Finland had the right song as well because that got everyone on the feet. The vibe in Euro Village was astounding. I was just like, I mean, I was eating salt and pepper chicken. <laughs> I was vibing and I was like, cha, cha, cha. Exactly. I think, um, I think we definitely made the right decision to watch it in the fan zone rather than watching it in the media center. And because it just, it was so insane to be around that vibe and to be around everyone while they cheered and sang along and all this stuff. And you got to hear people just like openly laughing to like the commentary or all the little skits and all that kind of thing. And it was just, I don't know. It was just such an atmosphere that I think you will ever struggle to recreate. Like when we first got there, I thought, oh God, it's like we're being at Glastonbury. Look at us at a little festival. (laughs) But by the end of it, that's not what it was. It was everyone stood together, staring at the screens, watching intently and gasping and cheering and actually booing at some of the results. It really makes you realize how big this competition is for countries. And also it's, uh another thing to see people wearing flags of countries that didn't even qualify yeah and it just doesn't matter that they didn't qualify in a way because you're still i mean the amount of people we saw wearing ireland flags (laughs) it just shows the love of the competition and yeah they probably booked their flights thinking there's a chance we'll be there but at the same time it's just loving the competition so much that doesn't matter that even if your country isn't there on the day that they're they're still being represented they're still being celebrated as well and that comes with when they show the shots of the arena and you see people waving flags and how special that is. 
I did feel bad for Finland because you could tell how much this will have meant to him. Yeah. But again, to host in Sweden next year when it's Abba's 50th year, it, it's simply iconic. Yeah, I'm calling it right now the interval performance. It's oh. Abba. I'm not the only person to say that, obviously. Everyone is thinking it, but like... If it's not Abba, I'd be shocked. It's such a perfect full circle moment, I think, for them. And a way to have them not performing as avatars as well would be quite good. To have them as themselves in person for the first time in so long would be so iconic. Yeah. Scrap Abba Voyage. <laughs> it's the real thing, baby. Bon Voyage. <laughs> bon Voyage, Abba Voyage. <laughs> but um, yeah, while we're talking about the... Reactions, yeah. yeah. I think it's time to air what happened to the UK. I was so obsessed for May. I think she did a brilliant job, and that's just that's not just me saying that because I I wanted Belgium. Like Belgium yeah. did amazing. They mm. did get the crowd wild as well. But May, she did deserve much more than what she got. I did think she'd maybe get a few more jury votes, but I definitely thought she'd have shot up with the public vote. So I was shocked. Yeah, I thought her fan votes would be a lot higher. Um surprised to see that they weren't i think with the jury votes it's a tough one because it is quite a good pop song and it is there's just no doubt about it that like bbc picked the right person and they picked a great song and everything and they definitely followed a good trajectory of going from sam Ryder to another established artist it just wasn't enough and you could see it and the way people were tweeting like people were tweeting saying she sounds pitchy that is the stuff that juries look out for and also it's really common for host countries to do really badly when they're hosting maybe it's almost as if they've got so many more things to focus on about hosting that they almost kind of forget about the acts well that's so true and like being last in the lineup as well is tough it is a really good spot because people will remember you really well but then what I didn't think about before until I was watching it was, oh yeah, that would work if you weren't the host country because what then came after her was a load of incredibly talented British performers. So everyone yeah. was just watching. It just felt like watching the Brit Awards maybe. And a lot of people were saying that she was kind of, you know, outshined by Sam Ryder. His voice, it sends shivers down my spine. It was so powerful. He was joined on stage by a group of people with disabilities and also iconic special guest we all forgot about the special guest i know drummer <laughs> drummer alert people were saying it's paul mccartney i saw someone saying it's kylie it was roger taylor on the drums it was on the drums that's that's not too bad you know as no. they go queen drummer i mean sam Ryder. yeah smashed it there would have been nice to be a beatle though we could have <laughs> had a beatle could have had a bit of paul mahead you know yeah a bit of ringo on the on the drums also could have worked don't know why they didn't put that together but uh I'm sure they were very busy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure they've got better things to do. Yeah, that's so true. But I mean, the other interval act, I don't know what that even would have meant to you to hear those songs. I like think that. to hear songs like that, and he sung it so beautifully, didn't he? The main singer of the Liverpool songbook. He's like, imagine all the people. Yeah. Like, it's a, it genuinely gives you goosebumps when you're listening to it in a crowd and to hear the chants and other people singing along but waving their own country's flags yeah it, it makes you emotional like, even th- talking about it now it's making me want to cry i know and honestly i've still seen videos of duncan lawrence singing you'll never walk alone yeah. it does just do something to you like i felt choked up you don't even need to be from liverpool for no. you to go oh my god I think I'm going to cry. Yeah, and interlacing like footage of, you know, people in Ukraine as well. And then there was also just really fun parts of it that got you kind of right back up. And having Sonia there. Well, speaking of Sonia, actually, because Neve, who obviously beat her, was the one 
announcing your points. Yeah, that was kind of slay. And she <laughs> even was like, hey, Sonia, good to see you, hun. <laughs> I'm the real winner here. Yeah, don't forget who I am. <laughs> that was so good. I also thought it was really um, important and special for Eurovision fans who know the lore of the competition to see Daddy Freer finally on stage after two years of nearly being on stage obviously 2020 the competition was cancelled and they were supposed to be representing Iceland and their song was so viral you couldn't move for it this song is going to be just as viral though to sing an Atomic Kitten copy of Hole Again especially after the Euros and the World Cup where we all sing them songs that is so true and of course in 2021 one of their band members tested positive for COVID so their jury performance was what was shown to us on TV while they watched the whole competition from a hotel room they could have won with that I think yeah for sure in 2020 I genuinely think they would have had the competition down 100% so to see them finally on the stage and also they didn't have to follow the rules of six people only allowed on the stage mm. and boy did they they went with that <laughs> there was a sea of them it was like there. if I can have more I'll have 50 I'll yeah. take 50 <laughs> you give me two years on the bench I'm coming in hot that's it that's me it also means though like the interval act and all the performances and everything is so interesting and so engaging it's hard to find time like when do I go to the toilet yeah when do I take a break because we stood watching that for four hours yeah just stood and we had to keep looking at the lineup going okay so I've seen this person in the semi-final and we watched the dress rehearsal so if I leave now I can make it back before this person (laughs) and I'll make peace with the fact that I missed that yeah (laughs) because otherwise I will die (laughs) I nipped off and I got back just in time for Belgium so I was like (laughs) of course she did she was absolutely (laughs) loving it (laughs) but yeah it was simply iconic to see all the interval acts and it was actually nice to watch it in the final because we obviously saw it in rehearsals and Hannah Waddingham she got really emotional at Sam's rehearsal she did she did and I actually really liked sitting in the dress rehearsal and being able to watch them interact with each other when they're not on screen yeah and we have so many videos of Hannah Waddingham and Graham Norton just dancing to all of the acts (laughs) like you could just see how much they love it so much and Hannah Waddingham is so impressive I mean she is just a presenter about a minute ago. She was not a presenter. She's an actress and she just loves Eurovision so much that she presented the Olivier Awards and then here she is. Do you yeah. know what I mean? That's insane. And she did an amazing job. You would never have known. I mean, I need, I need to stream Ted Lasso. You do. You absolutely do. 100%. There were so many little in-jokes that were happening throughout the competition about Ted Lasso and I kept looking at you being like, hee hee hee. And you just <laughs> would be like, what? Uh, uh. What is going on? You'll watch it now and you'll go, ah. I get it. I'm there. I'm there. But we had the honor of catching up with the presenters at their press conference and they were so loved by the media in the room. I mean, everyone was loving them. Good and group of presenters. To be such fair. a good group of presenters. They work well. They complement each other. It was absolutely lovely to see Julia there, obviously being a Ukrainian woman, being a Ukrainian representative, but together they work so well. That's it. And being the only presenter representative as well, because, you know, it was obviously largely... BBC and British Mm -hmm. owned but it was so important and she actually made a point of saying that she was wearing all dresses all the outfits she wore for the whole competition 
were all dresses made by Ukrainian designers or brands or anything like that. And you pointed out completely to me that her two outfits that she wore over the grand final, one of them was blue and one of them was yellow. It's little things like that. And you go, oh God, it's so warm. Completely. And this competition is so important to so many people, but this is actually what Hannah, or as she was called in the press conference and widely throughout social media, mother, mother, <laughs> mother <laughs> had to say about why she wanted to get involved in this amazing competition. Everyone makes the effort of their lives and so we are all, all of us in here, all of them on stage, everyone backstage, we're all just people trying to put on a beautiful, massive, joyous show and be unified by music. So, you know, it's very much our job to be there for the ups and the downs, for the winners and the losers, and that's why I wanted to get involved. I mean, Hannah, for the second time presenting, did the absolutely brilliant job. But 100%. we have to get on to Graham Norton because... Mm. I love Graham Norton. I mean, we get to see him at work. Yeah. So that's iconic in itself. But there's obviously a, re- a lot of really iconic voices of the Eurovision. And of course, the late Sir Terry Wogan, Graham Norton, took over from and has clearly made the show his own, let's be honest. Yeah, completely. Here's what he had to say about what the legend would have thought about the UK hosting in 2023. I mean, I think you've been thrilled uh, because, you know, bringing it home, it's such a different atmosphere. And I must say, I didn't know what it was going to be like. You know, I go every year, this is, I think, my 14th. And, uh, and the atmosphere is always great. But honestly, I don't, I, this sounds like I'm just making up the same as I'm here. But the atmosphere in the semi-finals, I've never felt anything like that mm. at another Eurovision. This crowd seems so happy to be here, so ready for Eurovision. Uh, it, it, it sort of transformed the whole thing. It's not just, you know, an audience waiting to see a show. They're part of it. They're yes. so keen and invested in it. Completely. And what a job Liverpool did. But we can't obviously forget why the UK is hosting this year. And as this was Julia's first ever presenting gig, and we all know how, how well she did and how proud Ukraine must be of her, this is what she had to say about what the competition means for Ukraine. It's a huge responsibility uh, because, because in Ukraine we have war now and we receive news every morning. Every, my every morning starts with, with reading the news and sometimes it's super hard to, to smile, to bring the joy, but I'm trying to be professional. So it's responsibility. I feel the support of Ukraine, of Ukrainians. I receive lots of messages and comments and it lifts me up every time. And I, I'm so happy that Ukrainians feel the joyful moments of Eurovision, that they are proud of what we've done together on the stage of Eurovision, that there's lots of Ukraine in Eurovision, lots of Ukrainian performers, songs, Ukrainian language on the stage of Eurovision. So I, I hope that in these dark times we bring some, some joy and some light uh, to, to Ukrainian homes and families. I think Julia did so well this year and the UK hosting on behalf of Ukraine must have been obviously bittersweet in the sense mm. that Ukraine can't host, but... I'm really hoping that Liverpool did them proud. I I hear a lot of people saying that Liverpool did so well. But here's what Alicia had to say about the wonderful host, City of Liverpool. There's a passion that you feel when you come here and an energy 
I've been blown away all week by the love. Um, one of the best cities, and I'm so happy for them that it's here, and they've done a brilliant job. They've made everyone feel welcome. Everyone feels a part of this event, and it, it just feels really special. It's just, yeah, the home of music. Well, Jody, that must be special to hear. I mean, you can't get higher praise than that. I feel like this whole competition has just been like, you know, blowing me heads off really big and yeah. big in my ego. <laughs> I'm just here on a podcast telling everyone how good Liverpool is. As Literally. A city. You'll be swaggering back to London like, oh, me? I'm from Liverpool. Yeah. Have you heard of it? It's on an international <laughs> stage. <laughs> Sucks to be you. <laughs> yeah, I am. Um, I'm really proud of the city and you can tell from the atmosphere in the city to the Euro Village, even to just... People who wouldn't usually watch, like I was saying before this, I didn't even watch Eurovision. I saw clips and things like that online, but I've never actually watched it. Mm. So to watch it this year and it was in my city, I just feel really, really lucky. And I think the the city really came together and and put on one hell of a show. So would you say you're converted then? Have I successfully converted you into these ways? Are we going to be... Well, I mean, are we going Stockholm? I guess is the big question. (laughs) Let's ask work. (laughs) (laughs) I was so emotional watching that final. I thought Jordan, even Jordan and Leatherboard, it's so overwhelming. And I love the feeling you can't get indulged in the whole atmosphere of it. And you watch everyone who's there for the exact same reason. It's so warm and inside. And you go, everyone here just loves this competition and I'm now part of it so thanks Susan of course I'm so glad I could share that with you and take you along on this journey of (laughs) me just trying to get myself to the Eurovision and achieve that dream of seeing it in person so I'm really glad we did that together have I converted you to Scousism (laughs) oh yeah I felt like and I know you were telling me before about all the links but I felt at home here for sure I think it was so lovely to I mean the city is so beautiful first of all but also every time you were like oh yeah around here we always say this phrase I'd go (laughs) we say that phrase Irish people (laughs) say that phrase like genuinely if you could have picked Ireland up and put it somewhere in the UK it would be in Liverpool that's Uh, just how I feel I think everyone would agree with that but I've got a little quiz for you before, okay. the, before I start the quiz, you spotted something at your village yesterday. <laughs> and what was it? Oh my God, yeah. Well, before coming here, Jody told me about this. I, she referred to it as an iconic Liverpool dish, <laughs> as in a delicacy. And you I won't would, get it anywhere else. I was not lying. <laughs> it was called Scouse. So I was like, okay, I'm in it. It's called Scouse. And she just described it to me. A beef stew. With potatoes. <laughs> okay, so um, a beef stew then. <laughs> it is literally every stew I've ever had my whole life. But when we walked into the fan zone, we were wandering around looking at everything. And I saw a big sign that said Scouse on it. And I was like, oh my God, they think this is a delicacy. <laughs> <laughs> well, Susan was like, they're Scouse. And I was like, well, well yeah, we're, <laughs> the Scouse is all around us. <laughs> you were like, why are you shouting at me in the streets? <laughs> But I want to get into a little quiz. That I've... Yeah, so we have this idea of a good way to round up the podcast. We test each other's knowledge. I brought your vision to the table and you brought Liverpool. <laughs> We're both newbies to each other. So I guess we'll see who learned some things. How amazing is it that Liverpool is my personality trait? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, after this, I'm going to have to go back to just watching videos of Taylor Swift at her era's tour on TikTok <laughs> and wishing I was there. So we've all, we've all got things going on. <laughs> I'm going to kick it off with this one. Okay, I'm ready. Because on the pier heads, the Euro Village took place in front of three gorgeous, iconic buildings. Lit up in blue and yellow all week as well. Exactly. 
absolutely beautiful. What were the names of the three buildings? Oh, you want all three of them? <laughs> I'll take I'll take one or two. You take one or two. Um, okay. Well, obviously one of them was the library building, mm-hmm. which was pretty cool, and um, the other one was. I want to say the British Music Experience. <laughs> That's what it was in it. That's what's in it. I suppose you're not wrong. In all fairness, okay. British Music Experience is in the Cunard building. <laughs> but they've got a joint name. Do you remember the joint name? No. Okay, so the joint name is the Three Graces. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. I love that. And she's beauty and she's grace, you know. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, the Three Graces and it is the Royal Liver building, the Cunard building and the Port of Liverpool building. Oh, okay. Cool. Cool. Next time we come, you can bring me inside of all of them. (laughs) We'll have a little look around. We'll do a tour. Okay. So here's a Eurovision question for you then, Jodie. Who are the big five? Oh, Janelle, this is tough for me. Yeah, can you name them? It's it's the I'm trying to think of the ones that we, that the public wouldn't have seen until the final. Mm. I'm gonna say UK, obviously, obviously. Spain, yeah. Italy, yes. Oh, Germany, yes. And France, yes. France, I because in my head I'm thinking I've already witnessed these. That's true. Yeah, so. and we have been hardcore researching that yeah. you've seen them all so many times. But we <laughs> we were such big France fans. I was shocked if you weren't going to get that. And then yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, <laughs> obviously, évidemment. <laughs> going back to Liverpool, this one is especially for Susan because she points it out, and it's something that I would never have picked up on because I just live lived here. Yeah, and she was like, "Oh, what's that little building?" On uh, the <laughs> So what is the name of the museum that floats on the Albert Dock? Well, you guys have your own taste. Yeah. I was like, shook. I couldn't <laughs> believe it. I was like, but that we have that. That's where we are. <laughs> <laughs> well, I found a lot of similarities that way. There's a lot of just things that I was like, oh, there's a big wheel here as well. Did London steal that too? Okay, fine. I will get you with this one, but you should know this. I think you will. When was the last time the UK won the Eurovision? Okay, I obviously know this because... They were from Liverpool as well. Oh, of course, of course. <laughs> it was, of course, Katrina and the Waves in 1997, the year I was born. Yeah, that's true. That is the one one massive thing we both have in common, that the last time our country's won. Well, we, Liverpool kind of went out with a bang, and I came into the world with a bang that year. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I've been the bad luck for, for UK winning Eurovision since 97. I'm glad you said that because I've been thinking the same thing about Ireland because the last time we won was 1996 and I'm stressed. Oh. We're the problem. And now we've got a podcast on it with just like... Oh my God. I'm, I'm so sorry to our countries. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this one's a bit of an obvious one, but it could still get, yeah, because the world has so many rivers. Okay. <laughs> what is the river that flows through Liverpool? The Mersey. Mm-hmm. Hey, very good. <laughs> okay. This one is, well, I guess... Um, a long one but you can shorten it as much as you want to but in 2016 there was obviously a massive rule change that changed the whole competition mm-hmm. and what was it? Oh okay this one could get me a little bit because there's been a, a, a good few changes Okay. 2016 was that when the televote was introduced? It wasn't just jury votes? No. Okay but or wasn't it that all votes were combined? Before then yeah okay look at you learning okay so that is almost almost right okay very you're basically there it's just the split between 
you know, now we don't look at the combined votes. We look at the jury votes and then the tally votes. The leaderboard must have been much a much quicker process. Yeah, definitely. You got to bed a bit earlier. <laughs> I got to bed really late last night. <laughs> <laughs> now, a little bonus question for you. All right. What is the name of the street the Cavern Club is located on? Now, the Cavern Club is obviously where the Beatles used to perform. Um... I don't know. I wasn't looking at the street names. <laughs> we were literally there. I know, but I don't know. Why am I doing worse in this quiz than you're doing? This is not what I was expecting. Um, I don't know. I don't know. What is it? We've spent four days walking through the streets. Oh, no. It was Matthew Street. Oh, that doesn't ring a bell at all. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> okay, well, a good and easy one to end on and a very good way to round up the whole episode and the whole series. Who are the only two acts to have ever won the competition twice. Right, so I know it's Lorene for Sweden. Mm. And the only reason I can't forget the other one is because he is Irish. And I don't stop talking about it. <laughs> and I've DM'd him. <laughs> it's Johnny Logan for Ireland. Mr. Eurovision. Yeah. But yeah, I think that is a good way to end this six-part series of everything you needed to know about the Eurovision. We gave you the history. We gave you how the competition worked. We gave you all the inside scoop we could of the first two semifinals and that grand finale that brought us to the end of the class of 2023. Yeah. And the amazing winner that is Lorraine for Sweden. Yeah. And I'm so happy and proud of Liverpool for hosting on behalf of the UK, on behalf of Ukraine as well this year. But it's been such an honour to be back in the city and speaking to all the famous faces and all the contestants this year and the hosts. So... A massive thank you to Talk Radio, of course, and to our amazing helpers in this experience, of course, Finn and Sam. And Jody, I'll see you at the next competition. Hello, Europe. Sweden calling. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Making Your Own Minds Up podcast. It's been Jody. And it's been Susan. Bye.